Welcome everybody to Logical and Right. That is right with a W as in Wright County. We are here for episode number four and we have an absolutely fascinating guest today whose name is Larry Pinckney. He is a former uh, Black Panther from the original days um, out in California. And I'm going to not hog the microphone much longer. I'm just going to turn it over to him and ask that he take us on a journey from wherever he wants to start uh, in his childhood and bring us up to the days of joining the Black Panthers, what led him to that, and then his, I would call it, transition out of and away from them and how he got to where he is today. So... Without further ado, Larry, take it away. Thank you very, very much. I'm very deeply appreciative for the opportunity of being able to speak with you, Daniel. What a pleasure, what a delight. Uh, and I've got to say, um, I'm also very delighted and pleased to actually be in Wright County, as in W-R-I-G-H-T. So, having said that, let me... Uh, begin by saying that uh, I believe that our republic, and I, I, I will go into some detail, but I believe that our republic, the United States of America today in the year 2022, is in very, very deep trouble. Very deep trouble. Uh, we have forsaken our traditions, our values, etc., etc. Does that mean we were ever perfect? No, but it does mean that we absolutely must have our traditional values. We must have them. Now, I grew up in a family, uh, both of my parents were from farms, that's right, farms, uh, in Maryland, and both of my parents met in college. They both became school teachers, so you can imagine that they didn't stand for no stuff in my family. You do your homework, <laughs> all right? You, you make sure that uh, you, you better not bring a note home from your teacher saying, uh, Larry uh, has not completed blah, 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 because you will be completed by your parents, believe me. But anyway, it was a, a traditional upbringing. My, my, my parents were both traditionalists. Uh, some people would say conservative. Uh, they believed in certain values and, and trained myself and my sibling in those values, for which I'm very appreciative today. Um, now, you might say, well, goodness gracious, didn't, didn't Daniel just say that you were a Black Panther? Well, my goodness, how could that possibly be? Well, you just said, well, it's very simple. When I uh, left the East Coast, uh, or the South, because Maryland, Washington, D.C., I really consider to be the South. But anyway, when I left uh, and went to California, and this is uh, when I was uh, 16, 17 years old, I was a junior in high school, so I had one year left, went to uh, California, Los Angeles, and was very upset at what I saw happening in my country. I was very upset with the quote-unquote racism, inequities, blah, 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 blah. I was, these things upset me, and especially I was young, too, and I wanted to do something about it. So, in 1967, uh, in the state of California, the city of Los Angeles, I joined the Black Panther Party, and uh, I was very impressed with what I saw. Now, I was very unimpressed with the media that I read about the party, Black Panther Party. I wanted to see for myself how much of it was crap and how much of it was accurate. All right? Uh, so the more I learned and the more I saw and joined the party itself, I realized that most of what I had read was absolute, utter nonsense. The Black Panther Party had a 62 programs, I repeat, 62, 62 programs, including Breakfast for Children programs, survival programs of all kinds, sickle cell anemia programs, medical programs, clothing programs, food programs, etc. 
I myself work both in the medical programs and, <coughs> excuse me, and in uh, the uh, clothing and food programs that the party, and when I say programs, I'm meaning we actually instituted, for example, <coughs> free medical clinics, which meant that uh, people, if they didn't have the money, could go to a medical clinic and be checked and uh, get what services they needed. It was the Black Panther Party that started that. I don't believe what these fools out here are telling you that it was the government. It was not the government. But in any event, those are the things that drew me to the Black Panther Party. Uh, I became uh, a section leader, which meant I had a number of Panthers who reported directly to me as their section leader uh, in the Black Panther Party. And I did all that I could do for the betterment of, I hope, more than just black people. My, my uh, allies were, uh, were Asian, Asian-American. Uh, they were Chicano-Chicana-American. Um, uh, white, of course. I say of course because to me it's just common sense, of course. Uh, and obviously, uh, black folks. So, to me, it was all about uh, serving the people, as we said, body, body and soul body and soul okay but there was a program called COINTELPRO C-O-I-N-T-E-L-P-R-O the counterintelligence program which was a program set up to quote and this is a direct quote from US congressional records set up to quote uh, frame imprison murder destroy okay certain political activists and that included the Black Panther Party Alright, so this was clear. This is not make-believe. Look it up. Look up Cointelpro. You know, as the youngsters would say, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Google it and see what Cointelpro was all about. Uh, I believe today, I know I'm making a stretch here, but I want you to follow me if you will. I believe that today our republic is under a different form of Cointelpro, or what I call Cointelpro on steroids. Only this time, it's the so-called left, all right? The so-called left, these so-called woke people uh, who are really behind uh, discrediting, framing, neutralizing, and everybody's heard this word, censoring. Censoring people with uh, perspectives that are different from their own. And especially when it comes to conservative opinion, conservative thought, uh, uh, what I call traditionalist thought, traditionalist opinion. So I'm, I'm getting a little wound up here because every time I uh, deal with this subject, I get a little bit annoyed because I see uh, m my republic, our country, uh, basically being destroyed from within, where uh, conservative voices are being censored, muted, distorted, blocked out okay um, now what brought me to 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 where I am today well let me run back to the late 60s early 70s and give you a bit more of my background not only was I uh, uh, a member of the Black Panther Party I was also a regional minister of interior for the so-called Republic of New Africa I was the co-chair and founder or co-founder of the San Francisco Black Caucus. Uh, I was also uh, the uh, chair, okay, of the of the league to bring to try and when I say league, I mean an organization to try and push for peace. Of course, uh, and I say world peace, P E A C E, not P I E C E, like the leftists of today. They want peace, but they want a piece of you. They don't want the kind of peace that we want. But in any event, uh, it's something that I had a lot of experience by it. I'm talking about those organizations that I just named. Obviously gave me a lot of experience. Uh, First-hand, front-line experience. And the older I got, the more I grew, the more I read and analyzed, the more I realized that, wait a minute, something is very rotten in Denmark. Well, maybe not really Denmark, but uh, something's not right here, right? 
something is wrong when people in our, our republic, our country, cannot uh, protest. And you might say, well, what are you talking about? We cannot protest. Well, I'll give you an example, one that you should all be familiar with. Anybody remember January 6th? Anybody remember what the Democrats in particular are trying to do with January 6th to people who were exercising their constitutional rights? To people who uh, feel strongly, as do I, that the, their votes were stolen, as I also believe strongly, but there was their constitutional right to, to protest at the Capitol. After all, they are citizens. Many of them were, were, veterans in the U, uh, were veterans of the United States military, whether it's Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, etc. All right? But somehow, uh, the so-called Democrats, and I say so-called so Democrats because they're not democratic. All right? They call themselves Democrats. But I, I have another name for them, but I won't use it on this podcast. Uh, but in any event, here they are saying that this was an insurrection. Well, it wasn't an insurrection. It was U.S. citizens exercising their constitutional right to, to protest okay, what they felt was an absolute injustice. Now, whether you happen to be a Trump supporter or not a Trump supporter or whatever you might happen to be ideologically, I would ask that you think. Think thoroughly and critically. You see, that's what we generally don't do these days. We are not critical thinkers. As a matter of fact, sometimes I wonder if we think at all. And, but we need to be critical thinkers. All right. What brought me to the point today of where I am is critical thinking, all right? The, even in the, when I was, those years in the Black Panther Party, I was also a critical thinker. When I th thought something was wrong, even within the party, I would say so. I would make it clear. Look, I don't think we, I, I, I think this is incorrect. I think it's wrong. I think we need to rethink this. And uh, this is what critical thinking is all about. Um, I have had the opportunity to uh, go and be for some period of time in both Europe, Africa, and also, by the way, in Asia, but mostly Europe and Africa, and to see firsthand, uh, for myself, firsthand, that our country certainly was, in my opinion, the greatest country in the world. Does that mean we had no imperfections? Of course we have imperfections. Does it mean we're perfect? Of course we're not perfect. What country is, right? But having been to various countries and seen for myself, whether it was Europe or Africa or Asia, I began to really, really appreciate this nation. But what I'm seeing today, 2022, especially since uh, President Trump uh, was hounded uh, uh, and I do mean hounded if anybody's paying attention to the so-called news I call it the propaganda machine but the so-called news if you're paying just a modicum of attention you realize that since uh, President Trump uh, became president and then uh, after he left as president and somebody named Joe Stalin no I mean Joe Biden did I say Joe Stalin oops oh well Freudian, Freudian slip um, it, it is what it is uh, but since that time we have lost so many of our constitutional rights so many and they've used the race card uh, but you know what I mean when I say the race card or the gender card or this or that. Oh, no, yeah, this is, this is because I'm black. No, maybe it's because you're an idiot. Maybe it has nothing to do with your pigmentation or your gender. So, I, I don't want to go on and on and on, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I have an opportunity to, to do this again with Daniel, and I'll go into a bit more detail uh, about uh, my background and perhaps where I'd like to see things going. Let me say for now, uh, just for now, that I believe that 
our, our republic, and I started off by saying this, and I'm going to say it again, I believe that our republic is in serious trouble. Serious trouble. I believe that uh, our values, our traditions are being subverted, skirted, mocked, ridiculed, and ultimately destroyed. We have got to turn this around. We have got to turn it around, my brothers and sisters, whether you're black, white, brown, red, or an off-shade of turquoise, I really don't care. But we have, if you're an American citizen and you care about this republic, then you must stand up as a patriot of and for this country, of and for the United States of America, and stop being uh, uh, bulldogged and bamboozled by these so-called leftists, these so-called woke folk out here. These folk aren't woke. They're not woke at all. What they are is neoliberal fascists. Listen to what I just said, that term, neoliberal fascists. It's not about wokeness. It's about what they really are. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there for now. But I still believe that there are two things. One, I believe that the Constitution is absolutely correct in terms of uh, resting the power, if you will, to the people of this nation, the citizens of this nation. I also still believe in a term that we used to use back in the day in the 60s and early 70s where we in the party said, all power to the people. So I'm going to say that. I still believe in all power to the people, black, white, brown, red, yellow all power to the people, the people of our nation, our republic, the citizens of our nation and republic. So, Daniel, without further ado, I'm going to uh, call it quits until, until or unless you have some questions for me, which I'll be glad to answer. Uh, yeah, I would, I would love to pick your brain on some things, uh, if that's okay. Sure. <laughs> Do you... Do you think, because you, you knew Malcolm X. I did. Do you think he would have gone your route? Do I've, you, do I've, you, no doubt. You think he would have turned? I, no, I, I have no doubt that Malcolm, Malcolm was evolving. I met Malcolm when I was very, very young. And uh, actually had a chance to speak to him for, oh, 20, 25 minutes. Just he, he Malcolm and myself. Um, Malcolm was evolving. You see, as long as Malcolm was saying white devil and this and that. Oh, the government loved that. <laughs> Whoo, yeah, that's great. But as soon as Malcolm began to evolve and said, wait a minute, this is my country and uh, we, need to, we need to get together and work on our, our uh, what, what shall I say, our challenges in this country. As soon as Malcolm did that, just a few months later, somehow he was assassinated. Huh? <laughs> and I believe that, yes, I do believe that Malcolm would have evolved into where I am today. I do. Yes. See that? Yeah, that's that's fascinating because I know you can pull up many uh, many of his old uh, interviews where uh, he was quite critical of the 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 white liberal mm-hmm. and how they're there to save <laughs> the poor black person. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, and, and if I may say, Daniel, how very insulting. You know, Malcolm was right on point when you talked about these, uh, these liberals. He was right on point. These liberals, these hypocrites, you know, these bamboozlers. He was absolutely <laughs> correct. And you can see it today. You see, their, their thing is like, you know, don't, don't do as I do, do as I say do, right? <laughs> And our thing is, no, 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 no. It's not about that. We're not, we're not going there. Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing, my brother. Yes, I'll turn it back over to you. Um, so you, you talked a little bit about, and I read about this, uh, the things that the Black Panthers would do uh, for the communities. Um, I was thinking to myself, is there anything, and maybe, maybe it's that, or maybe it's something else uh, that would pop into your mind, that people would be shocked to know about the Black Panther group. And because, you know, the, I feel like today they're, you know, they're more commonly 
viewed through the lens of history as, uh, you know, a, a, vi a violent, uh, I, I don't know, would you even call them a far leftist group? <laughs> not really. No, no but, but I feel really. like sometimes that's, uh, is there anything that people would be just totally shocked along the lines of, like, how they actually did things in the community and they... they is there any is there any like prevailing fact that you can go that's really actually not true? Well, <laughs> it's interesting that you 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 put it that way. Let me let me respond by simply saying, you know who hated the Black Panther Party more than uh, the uh, or as much if not more than uh, the certain police agencies, i.e., the CIA, FBI. Uh, and if anybody's got any questions about the FBI, just look at what the FBI is doing today. And it's not the black people, it's the white people. Wake up, folks. Wake up. <laughs> but anyway, um, who hated us more in the party? Pimps, prostitutes, and drug pushers. Now, why would that be? Because the Black Panther Party wanted to get rid of pimping, drugs in the community, all right, we wanted traditional values. Now, isn't that ironic? <laughs> we wanted traditional values. All right, so we were hated by these elements, the very elements who were, in fact, being supported by none other than the police of those days. Not mm -hmm. all the police, by any means, by the, by the way. Mm -hmm. you, you, don't, you don't take a brush and say they were all like that because they weren't. But I'm saying institutionally, all right, being supported. So the pimps, the drug pushers, you know, the the the, the pros, prostitutes. Oh, they were. Oh, they they love that. Why why did the uh, uh, the the government love that? Uh, all right. Why? Ask yourself why. I'll tell you why. Let me answer that. Because when you destroy the traditional values of a community, you destroy that community. When you destroy the traditional values, like what they're trying to do today, of our nation, of our republic, then what are you really doing? You're destroying the nation, the republic. But anyway, I'm digressing. Sorry, bro. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, how do you approach, if, you, if this happens ever, um, which I imagine it would, how do you approach people who kind of view themselves as radicals today when their today's radicalism sometimes may not even you know is pales in comparison to what they what people may have thought of the black panthers back then how like how do you reason with them or how do you talk to them and basically try to get them to maybe come back a little or or say i, I was where you were at one point and i've kind of I've kind of come, I, I, I came back from. From insanity. Yeah. From, from becoming a total lunatic. <laughs> uh, and what people call radical today is not really radical. It's, it's lunacy. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> all right? Let's be honest. I'm a girl today, I'm a boy tomorrow. Huh? Come on, is that radical? I'm a, I'm a girl today, I'm a boy tomorrow. Is that radical? No, that's, that's, that's maniacal. That's being a lunatic. Okay? That's not radicalism at all. Radical comes from the Latin derivative root, R-O-O-T. That's what, look it up, mm -hmm. all right? That's, that's what it comes from, the Latin derivative root. You take something to the root. These people aren't taking anything to the root. They think getting out there and attacking senior citizens and burning American flags and uh, uh, attacking our veterans, our U.S. veterans, they think that's radicalism? No, it's not. It's, it's lunacy. It's insanity. And, and they better grow up, you know. They can't stay Peter Pan all their lives. They have to grow up. And this is something that uh, I, I, I try to emphasize, that the difference between uh, what, as a, as a so-called radical, what I attempted to do in the 60s and 70s was I read, pick up a book, read, study, study you know look i mean today we you know you you you've got google let me google it when if any even if you can't find it there there are other ways to find it online all right but research research 
but see people uh, uh, treat books and they treat research like Dracula treats the cross <laughs> all right they oh no well that's that's what they need to do they need to research we all need to research and study and stop accepting with this jive time half-stepping no good lying prevaricating so-called media tells us because the media is essentially a propaganda machine that would make uh, uh, the, the propaganda minister Goebbels green with envy I always say that to people all right <laughs> and so how do we learn how do we do how do we how do we grow how do we evolve we research on our own and then we talk with each other and as far as uh, communicating or trying to communicate with these lunatics out there Daniel I don't I don't even try <laughs> I, I just have to be I, I don't even try I have neither the time the inclination or the patience for that crap <laughs> uh, was there could you point to like a, a specific moment uh, where maybe like a switch flipped uh, that and you know what's funny is how you've talked about what the Black Panthers were about back then I mean you could almost say that it's now conservative <laughs> values of today I, we, that we've are, actually I was actually told this it's so funny it's not funny but it is funny at the same time simultaneously I was told somebody said well I heard you were a Black Panther and I said yeah and I'm proud of it and they, and they said yeah well y'all were just a bunch of conservatives <laughs> I cracked up I mean I, I I didn't know whether to laugh or cry because I knew I was talking to an idiot but anyway that's and that's true uh yeah so I, I there wasn't like one 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 moment where uh but i guess i guess i kind of just answered my own question in saying that i mean things have just gone so weird and mm -hmm. wild over the past 10 years mm -hmm. that uh, <laughs> uh traditional <laughs> traditional values uh in the in the 60s and 70s what you guys were trying to do are now the things that have brought you to voting for Trump twice and and, and we do it again if necessary absolutely you know uh, because I'm 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 a traditionalist I understand that with all its faults this is my country this mm -hmm. is my country okay and I see people coming over here uh, uh, just you know saying that they want this and they want that really then stay in your own damn country and and demand it why come here and then demand that our government our people do this and that for you but you're not willing to do this and that for us for this republic i get passionate about that because you know and i don't care what the color is whether they're from south america or whether they're from uh mexico whether they're from uh, uh, central america whether they're from africa or whether they're from europe if you come to our country you give to our country was it kennedy he said ask not what y'all have heard the expression mm -hmm. what what but what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country mm -hmm. so I mean, this is, this is what it ultimately boils down to. And Daniel, let me say this. Yes, the period of evolving for me was a, a, a fairly substantial period of time. But as I said, both of my parents were school teachers. And at a very young age, I learned to love history, real history, genuine history, and to love reading and researching, researching, I, and I, I still love it today, even though sometimes the things I find don't make me very happy. But I love the process of researching uh, for myself and then uh, sharing with other people and w seeing what they have researched. So, yes, uh, the period of evolving, and I use that word deliberately, I have been blessed in the sense that I'm at least I'm still physically alive. You know, God willing, I'm still alive. And and uh, and I'm going to go back to 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 uh, address what you had asked me about, Brother Malcolm. Yes, I believe Malcolm would have evolved. Absolutely. I also think that's one of the reasons they killed him. Mm. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Crazy. Um, what do you think is 
the biggest problem in the black community since the civil rights movement and since the 60s when as we said we talked uh when i got here earlier uh before that wonderful meal put on by Corey and todd um how blacks voted republican basically up into the 60s mm-hmm. and then i'm guessing you have heard the supposed story that i think is probably incredibly true of after kennedy was assassinated uh lyndon johnson being on air force one talking to two advisors saying you just watch i will have every n-word voting democrat for the next 200 years Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and basically that what what was that the late 60s 69 was or when was he assassinated kennedy was assassinated uh in november of 63 oh okay yeah Yeah. and then Mm -hmm. but that that's Mm -hmm. kind of when things Mm -hmm started flipping and and uh, the black community started voting much more along the blue lines and uh wh- what would you say is the biggest problem in the black community from then until now or we've wh- been, what is we've been bamboozled just like mike malcolm warned us about that mm-hmm. uh, all right we've been bamboozled all right uh, uh we go for the ghosts <laughs> all right we we go for the okie doke all right uh, we, we have no real black leadership in this country. Uh, uh, we have misleadership. We got a lot of the Al Sharptons, Sharpter, <laughs> as I call him. Okay? <laughs> we got a lot of uh, black, biologically black misleadership. All right? And we, therefore, don't accept the responsibility in our own communities. We talk about white racism. Hey, ain't nobody saying that there's no white racism. Okay? No. <laughs> but I'm saying, and we should all be saying, wait a minute, this is a bigger issue than that. You know, like uh, uh, Gil Scott Heron, an artist, uh, uh, musical artist, and, and uh, um, another brother named Terry Collier, uh, also a musical artist, a singer, writer, songwriter. But as, as they say, you know, uh, uh, black folks kill more black folks than the KKK. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, something's wrong. And don't blame that on the system. Don't blame that on the system. We have to accept responsibility for that and bring about an end to that in our communities. That's disgusting. And we need to take responsibility. So again, I'm not saying that there's no racism. Of course there is. But there's also what I call a slow self-genocide going on in, in our communities. That's what I, that's right, self genocide we we got to deal with this we got to be honest with ourselves honest anyway bro uh well you brought up system system that you know everyone's favorite everyone on the left's favorite word systemic racism and if you look up the definition of systemic infecting affecting sorry affecting the entire body or system Mm -hmm. so i don't know if you've ever seen that uh interview with larry elder and dave rubin where yeah. he, which was basically the moment where Dave Rubin became a conservative, mm-hmm. a, a gay man became mm-hmm. a conservative mm-hmm. after talking with Larry Elder, and he brought up the systemic racism line. And mm-hmm. I mean, Larry Elder basically said, and a lot of us say, well, like you just said now, no one's saying that there aren't racists. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of them, but give me an area in the country where the entire body is in is affected or infected mm-hmm. with racism and i mean you like you can't point to anything mm-hmm. like the no one's saying that every cop is great i mean there's bad apples everywhere i i work in a, an industry in construction where you know we've got a lot of older folk <laughs> that don't necessarily think the way uh I do, is in terms of the color of people's skin. But yeah, I guess what what's your what, what would you like to say about the systemic racism that is infecting the country? Well, I tell you what's infecting the country: <laughs> systemic idiots. <laughs> All right, people who uh, they, they 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 hear these memes and they pay, hear hear these terms like the Me Too movement. Oh, Me Too! Yeah, you too, fool. I mean, it's it's like we we have to stop getting caught up in the nonsense, 
and the lunacy, if you will, of, of you know, all these little terms, these memes. Uh, I think that systemically speaking, systemically speaking, we need to, if we're going to talk about systemic racism, what does that mean? That means we better look at ourselves, too. Hello. Better look at ourselves, too. All right. Um, systems have, any system has usually many components in it, with it, that make it up. Uh, and the so-called left, and I say so-called because they're not leftists, they're lunatics. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they, 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 and by the way, I, I did have the privilege to be on Larry's show one time. Larry, oh, Larry that's awesome. show. So I know, I know who Larry, Larry I know who Larry is. Love him. Um, the, I, the black face of white supremacy, right? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't, when, that, isn't that very interesting? When he you ran know, against... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Newsom. you know, just, just, it's, it's just incredible how hypocritical and how nonsensical these uh, lunatics on the so-called left and they're, they're not even they're just lunatics let's face it come on now <laughs> and and you know so, but anyway getting back to uh, systemic the word systemic people use that term and have no clue as to what the definition of the word is or what it means you know just like they use the word radical they have no idea what the word radical actually means because if they did and continued to do what they're doing then obviously they're hypocrites which they are anyway but i i want people to i hope your listeners will will pay close attention to uh reality you you may when i say to reality research look up things for yourself don't just believe what the media says. Look, I pay attention to uh, every part of the media that I can, and you know how you know what part I totally trust? Hmm. None. <laughs> All right, but I pay attention, and I come to my own conclusions using my common sense, and and which of course common sense, as we know, is not so common these days. But we have to bring it back. Let's bring back you know, uh, our, our nation. Let's, let's, and I agree with, uh, you know, President Trump, former President Trump. I agree with him. Let's be great again. He didn't say we were perfect. He didn't say, no, let's, let's make it great again. Let's, let's believe in ourselves again. Let's stop being, uh, attacking this country. It's one of the reasons I can't stand this this representative, so-called representative, certainly not doesn't represent me, but this Ilan Omar, <laughs> all right, whose family came here as refugees. This country took them in, all right. And what did she do? She turned around and attacked, and continues to attack our nation, our republic. You know, uh, uh, it's like, excuse me, you've got to be kidding, all right. Uh, 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 the, the office of the presidency, not just the president himself or herself, but in this case, not just uh, the personal, but the office of the presidency. And to do so as a U.S. congressperson is almost beyond belief. And so this cult following that this person has, see, this is extremely dangerous for our nation, for our republic. Anyway, I digress as I have a... <laughs> Uh, a propensity or a tendency to, to do, and no. I, I apologize. No, no, don't don't ever apologize. Yeah, let, and let's also not forget to point out that uh, in the terribly racist country of America, Ilhan Omar and AOC and Cory Bush have all been elected and make a hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars a year. Thank you. <laughs> that is a lot more than I make mm -hmm. as an iron worker mm -hmm. in a far more dangerous job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, um, I believe recently St. Paul has either passed, and I know that's not your city, but it's just across the river, mm. has either passed or they are very close to doing something in terms of reparations. Have you heard oh, this? I, you know what? I, I did, but I'm not going to speak on it because I don't remember the details. But okay. I do, and you're absolutely right. There is something with respect to reparations. But may I say that with when it comes to reparations, uh, uh, first of all, if we're going to have reparations, why don't we f 
begin by giving each other reparations. That is to say, respect. <laughs> how, 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 about, how about that for reparations? Okay. Uh, um, and, and by the way, what would somebody like uh, Barack Obama, whose mama was white and father was black, well, how, how did the reparations work for him? Hmm? Only getting a dollar, he get half a dollar. I mean, I mean, you know, I don't, you know, it's it's this to me. I think we, uh, uh, we we cannot change history, but we can and should learn from history. And I think that it's real clear that these leftist lunatics uh, don't want to learn history or learn from history. What they want to do actually is to hide history, pretend. That well, this is this uh, is so and so. But you see, or this did not happen, or if it did, we don't like it, so we we don't want our children to learn about it. But he or she who does not know history is, as they say, bound to repeat it. And this is what, of course, the agenda, you know, of the author uh, authoritarian so-called leftists. And they're really authoritarians, and I mean it when I say neoliberal fascists. I don't use that term loosely, believe me. I don't use the term loosely. You know, I, I am a former, and I repeat, former university instructor of political science and international relations, so I don't use the term loosely. We are dealing with uh, neoliberal fascists. When I say dealing with, we're having to deal with them. And that's what they are. Uh, uh, they they talk about like Antifa, who I call Clantifa, all right, <laughs> because that's really what they are. They are the fascists. They're not, but they're fighting fascists. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> anyway, I'm again digressing. Go ahead, my no, brother. No, no. Um. So, I have a I have a a brother who has been in the public school system for 23 years. Mm teaching middle school and uh he wanted your thoughts on basically what is happening there as far as you know even even if it's not specifically critical race theory and he has told me this before because i've said or do you have teachers in your in your school that are teaching critical race theory and he said no it's not obviously nobody's calling it that but the way they are teaching they are doing that mm -hmm. and and i think that like the a problem with as soon as you say crt like half the country just tunes you out because they either don't believe it's real mm -hmm. or they think it's not happening mm -hmm. uh but i feel like that's one way they 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 push a very dangerous agenda by saying, by, by basically not labeling it that, but still teaching all of its mm -hmm. components and everything. Uh, and then, I mean, I just got, he's been talking about lowered standards mm -hmm. for years and years. How, I mean, they're, they're close, you know, they're, they're achieving equity, which is <laughs> equality of outcome. It's not equality of opportunity. It's mm -hmm. equality of outcome. Mm -hmm. They're closing that gap by basically just making sure anyone that's not doing their homework gets the same grade as the people that are doing their homework. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, he sent me a text a little while ago, a couple weeks ago, a month ago, saying we are no longer logging the disciplinary actions uh, that we take on our black students. That's so we're, insane. So we're, we're basically, when they, when they get in trouble, when they do something, we just... I don't even know. He he's he's talked about his. They have like at one point they had like eleven equity coaches who were not actual teachers. Uh, hmm. That they were they were basically the middleman for any time a student of color got disciplined or did wait, something. Wait, wait a minute. What's a student of color? I mean, you're well, you're you're you know. I'm I'm just being facetious yeah. here, but let's have a little fun. I mean, I, I I see you, and somehow you don't look transparent. So therefore, you must have some color on you, bro. <laughs> but uh, I, anyway, I'm sorry. I I, I like to the, the yeah, of color. But nope, go ahead. Go totally. Ahead. Yeah. I mean, I guess it would <laughs> to answer the question seriously. Any any student that's not white. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. any student that is not white gets in trouble, the equity coach comes in and is the middleman to bring them back into class. And my brother, as a white man, uh, 
is is basically has basically been told that you you just don't know how to talk to these students and that's why they're getting in trouble so the equity coach is there to be the middleman to bring them back into the classroom and any time if my brother if he would say anything you know like well you were out of line you were not doing what you were supposed to do you were yelling you were doing this the equity coach i believe as i have understood it will basically blatantly say well, you can't understand what they're going through. <laughs> and these and these equity coaches are paid as much as educate, you know, uh, degree bearing teachers. Uh, but he yeah, he uh, the, the your thoughts on the whole diversity, equity, inclusion in the schools and it's I don't think it's I don't think you need any type of degree to see how awful the public schools have become it's an attempt to destroy our republic i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna say it again it is an attempt to destroy our republic this has nothing to do with equity but it does have a lot to do with insanity and you, you know it's a it's it's all about destroy destroy if you uh do not you know i remember when i was growing up there was a saying uh you, you, you your audience has probably heard it uh spare the rod spoil the child Okay, uh, in other words, discipline, discipline your child, discipline your child, because you know what? When l little, little, little Johnny or uh, Joanna or whatever gets out there in the real world, they're only going to get one chance, and when they mess up, you know, they're going to find they, they, they better learn now to be disciplined. Okay, rather than to be coddled. They see they want to coddle them and coddle them. No, that that hurts us. That hurts so-called people of color. It hurts anybody. All right, anyone. No, no. I I would want uh, young people, all young people, to be treated equally, equally. All right. And to say to a teacher, well, uh, you just don't know how to, uh, you know, talk to this person of color. I'm going. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. What? What? Swahili? I mean, what are you? What are you? What are you talking about? Um, is this the United States? Maybe it's a it's it's a mutual thing. Maybe the adult in the classroom should be the one to be, shall I say, trying to get across to these uh, young folks how they should act or not act. Okay. So I just think it's as I said. Both of my parents were school teachers. Of course, uh, and, and they believe very strongly, I might say, uh, might add, that, you know, the discipline was, ex was extremely, extremely important. And, you know, I was talking to my mom the other day, who's on the East Coast, and she was saying, um, you know, my mom was in her 90s, and she was saying that uh, conditions are so bad for example, in Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C., that they're asking teachers, uh, people who were former school teachers, even as old as my mother, my mother's, as I said, in her 90s, would they be willing to come back and, and teach? My mother said, uh-uh. Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> I have, you know, I have no backup. I Oh, no. See ya. You know, so the, this is, I, I honestly, honestly believe that this is all part and parcel of an attempt to destroy our republic from the inside out. I, and I keep saying that because it really is. And these are neoliberal fascists. They're not uh, um, progressive. They're actually regressive. They're, they're the opposite of everything they say they are. Like Clantifa, Antifa says they're anti-fascists. Right, they are fascists. They're the opposite of whatever they say they are. And when it comes to our public education system, it, it's being degraded for everybody. For everybody, it's being degraded. Our, uh, oh, it's, it's so disgusting to me. Yeah. Um, I, I thought of something you were talking about uh, back in the 60s and 70s. Would you say that the media from the 60s and 70s by today's standards do you think the media in the 60s and 70s was conservative or right-leaning hmm 
it just I, I can't quite remember exactly what you said but whatever you said because you I think it was how you got you were you had seen what was going on on the news in the 60s and 70s and I believe you said that was kind of what started sparking your interest into the Black Panthers because they were or mm. the Black Panthers were possibly being uh, portrayed as one thing with the, which they were not. Now let me be clear about something: the Black Panther Party. Do not confuse the Black Panther Party, the original mm-hmm. Black Panther Party, with these lunatics running around today calling themselves Black Panthers. The Black Panther Party was uh, had been decimated by uh, 1982. The party had been totally destroyed. Mm-hmm. But in reality, even by the mid 70s, 75, 76, the party was. For all intents and purposes, null and void by that time. The party was founded in October of 1966, okay? Mm -hmm. But by 76, the party had basically been destroyed. So when you hear people running running around talking about they were, I I was a panther. Yeah, right. I'm a panther. No, 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 no. Do not be fooled. Now, to get back to to your, your question, I think the media has always been, well, I can't say always, I can say from my experience in the 50s, 60s, 70s, right? Uh, I think the media tends to be uh, the, the bullhorn, if you will, for, uh, for the powerful, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. the elite. If oh, the, yeah. as, all right? And I don't think that's changed. In fact, I, I think it's gotten even worse today. Uh, and 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 frankly, even more blatant today. Um, back in those days, it, in the sixties and seventies, it wasn't as blatant. It was real. It was there, okay. But it wasn't as blatant. But today, it's pretty blatant that the 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 media, for the most part, is nothing but a bullhorn for the elite. And and um, I don't know if I'm really answering your question, but that's. that's I guess just what. <laughs> How would how would the '60s and '70s media be viewed through today's lens? Would do you think it was? I mean, was it was it slightly more less biased? Or yes. Was it, yes. It was more. I, I would I would say it was slightly. Let's em- emphasize the word slightly. But yeah, definitely, I would say it was slightly less biased. But it was still very biased. Um. Last night, Todd <laughs> told me a story, just very quickly, a, a, a brief story. But what is uh, what is the story of you? I, I think you were, maybe you were in California, but you were on the bus dressed up in a suit. And what, ha- like it basically, you, I, I think he said that it basically solidified your, mm-hmm. tell that story. I was, I had just come from, this was in 1967. I had just come from attending a political rally. Because before I jump into things, I like to do a little studying. And I knew the, the Black Panther Party was going to be there. So I said, all right, I'm going to go see for myself. What are, what are, what are they, you know, what are, what are they like? What are they really? And I was deeply impressed by their discipline. No yelling and screaming and ah and all that. Not, they're, they're very disciplined. I said, yeah. Well, remember, I came from a, a fairly conservative, very disciplined family. So I related to that immediately. Now, I was on the L.A. Transit bus leaving. This is after the, uh, the meeting, not meeting, but the, the, the presentation was over. Mm-hmm. All right. And I was on the bus in a suit and tie, actually on my way to work. I was, uh, even at that age, I was, I was working, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in a restaurant. Anyway, I was on my way to work in my suit and tie. And I saw two Panthers. Now, how did I know? Because they were in black. They had the black berets. They had the free Huey P. Newton buttons on. And so, yeah, they were Panthers. All right, boom. They get on the bus. They were very disciplined. And I, I've, discipline has always impressed me. But um, the bus driver uh, said that uh, they couldn't get on. Like, no, no, no. You, 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 off. Get off this bus this bus and they paid it's like what are you doing huh? and i'm watching this i'm sitting about middle way of the bus mm-hmm. now remember i came from a you know a conservative family anyway what i did was really stupid but i did it um i was just so incensed at what i saw i couldn't believe my eyes mm-hmm. and uh so the bus driver actually phoned 
he, you know, the bus didn't go anywhere. He phoned the, the LAPD, the police. The police mm-hmm. came and got on the bus in just a matter of minutes, you know, uh, and I mean a short few minutes. The police were there at the bus and uh, dragging these two young, and I say young, heck, they were my age. I was their age, right? Mm-hmm. Driving, uh, dragging these two young Panthers off the bus. I was, now this was what was really stupid on my part. <laughs> I jumped up and I said, hey, they didn't do anything. They didn't. Next thing I know, the 357 Magnum pointed right at my head with an LAPD pulling me off the bus. Huh. <laughs> and putting me in the in the car, in the back of the squad car with the Panthers. That's when I knew I was going to join the Black Panther Party. <laughs> that was it. So would you would you say that the the police department in LA of the 60s and 70s actually possibly resembled the true definition of systemic racism? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, 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 but again, even all of them, as, as, as many faults and much criticism that I have of them at that time, and even of the police now, let's not, and I'm not saying you are saying this, but let's be very, very careful uh, because even within the police department, there's a certain code, and they can go only so far before one of their own comrades, you know, could could move on then. Mm-hmm. If anybody's seen Serpico, if you remember that movie, look at it and, and check it out. Serpico. It came out back in the what the 80s, but it 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 shows that even within the police department. Now there there are certainly some police who are absolutely. Who, Shouldn't even be sanitation workers, much <laughs> less police officers. There are also some who are incredibly decent. Let me give you oh, an, yeah. let me give you a funny a funny example. I like to have a little levity, right? Uh, I was in uh, this was in eighty four, nineteen eighty four, late eighty four, and I was in Minnesota for the first time, and. Uh, I was a student and a student teacher at uh, Southwest State University, which is in a town, uh, Marshall, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Right, and uh, and I loved it. I mean, it was great. There's a mm-hmm. lot of farm, farm surrounded by farms. Mm-hmm. So most of the people I met and remember, both of my parents came from yeah. farms. All right, so and it was fascinating for me. Um, anyway, uh, one of the students who was my age, I was older, uh, but. This student was not as old as me, but but older. Not not uh, a, a uh, 19, 20 year old. Had sure. to be at least mid twenties or or older. Anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I remember <laughs> I wanted to go to the cities. Which, by the way, the cities. I never knew what that. Ex- it took me weeks to figure out when people said the cities, the cities. What are you talking about? The ci-? Then it finally dawned on me. Oh, the twin cities, <laughs> Minneapolis, St. Paul. Get it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I. Instead of catching the bus during a uh, break, uh, I, w- I, I knew that her, the, the, the woman's young, young woman's name was uh, Karen. And <laughs> I knew Karen was, uh, she lived in Minnetonka. Mm-hmm. And I knew she was going to be going up to the city. So I said, can I, can I hit your ride? Was, sure. I was, we were in the same class. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're on our way to up to the cities, right? To, to Minneapolis and this police car now I'm getting to my point the police this state trooper no less mm-hmm. gets <laughs> behind us lights are on right siren I'm going oh my god <laughs> I'm in this car with this white woman named Karen no named less named <laughs> Karen right and, but check it out we pulled over the state trooper, you know how they wear these round hats. Oh, yeah. Sure. Look pretty cool, actually. But anyway, state trooper comes up. All right, ma'am, I'd like to see your driver's license and registration. So Karen gives him. I'm thinking, oh, my God. Oh, my. See, predetermined. I was, I would always, I was already predetermined in my mind that this cop was going to be racist. Well, that, I was wrong. You know what the cop did? What? The cop just glanced at me, looked at Karen. And just burst out laughing. 
And I'm going, hmm, well, that's a lot better than <laughs> what I thought it might be, yeah. right? I, but I, did, we, I didn't know why he was laughing, neither did Karen. Well, Karen had been speeding. She really had. Oh. She, she was, <laughs> her last name was Faster. <laughs> F-A-S-T-E-R. <laughs> and, and he said, Miss Faster, next time, would you mind just slowing down? <laughs> and we all laughed. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, that was my first experience with uh, a Minnesota cop. Yeah. All right. No, I've had some good experience, bad experience. But I'll always remember that. Mm-hmm. But already in my mind, I had already concluded, oh, I'm in deep trouble. We are in deep. But we weren't. Mm-hmm. And by the way, she did not get a ticket. She got a warning. <laughs> the, yeah, the self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you, uh, w- what you believe in your mind, you end up almost creating. Making it happen. <laughs> right. right. And, I mean, how many, how, how many young black kids... Uh, have been told by their parents that well, you're just you're gonna you're gonna be killed, mm-hmm. and the second they have an encounter with a policeman, that's what they believe, mm-hmm. and things go escalate s- from there. G- things go south yep. Uh, yep. when, I mean, I'm, I've often said that if I ever ran for any type of office, uh, my first ad would be an attack ad on myself. Mm-hmm. So. Opponents could never; they wouldn't have anything to say because I would say, <laughs> That's "This good. is this is the <laughs> terrible life I lived in my twenties and early thirties. What do you got now?" But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. um, oh, I forgot where that I forgot where that was going. Uh, maybe it'll come back mm-hmm. to me. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's too bad that that you don't just. Oh, I know where that was going now. Uh, <clears throat> I, I mean the the two times I got in trouble. I mean I did absolutely everything that they asked me to do, mm-hmm. and I n- I never I never talked back. I never mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was that I, that wasn't instilled in me by I don't think my parents because my parents were never in trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean they were pretty mm-hmm. uh, straight shooters, but yeah, I mean just right away teaching black kids in the inner city that. You're you're gonna die by cop. Mm-hmm. Probably not a good, not a good thing, and not an accurate thing. No. Okay. Like I said earlier, as we were talking, bro, is that black kill more blacks than the KKK. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not kidding. Oh, this this is true. Yeah. <laughs> you know they run. Around, you know they talk about white supremacy or white supremacists, but the people who are actually killing the most blacks are other blacks. Yeah. No, why don't we address that? Why aren't we honest about that? Why? Because that doesn't suit the narrative of the so-called leftist lunatics. It doesn't suit the narrative of the so-called Democrats or anything but Democratic. It doesn't suit their narrative. Mm-hmm. Okay? We have to be honest. You had asked me earlier uh, what are one of the problems, main problems of, uh, of facing black people. Well, that's one of them. A lack of integrity and honesty. We have to deal with our own. We have to take responsibility ourselves and say, you know what, this has got to stop. Uh, and I'm guessing you're gonna agree with this too. That I believe the statistic is something like in the 50s and 60s, mm. uh, two-parent black households was in like this high 70 low 80 percent right and it is now completely flip-flop to fatherless homes Mm -hmm. in the inner city at 80 something percent like i said destroy the traditional values destroy the community and that's what they have done Mm -hmm. they destroyed our traditional values and blacks are a part of that they are complicit with that Mm-hmm. They say, oh, it's okay. Well, you know, mama mama doesn't want dad in there because dad's in there. You know, mama doesn't get the welfare check. It's like, what? But that, what does that do? What does it do? It destroys families. And this is being done. I'm sorry to get so passionate about it, but it's be being sorry. done deliberately. 
This is not by osmosis. It is not by happenstance. It is being done deliberately, primarily by so-called liberals. <laughs> and I call them what they are, neoliberal fascists. Um, I have uh, a an ex-girlfriend who was a single mother, and she told me that one time while talking to the IRS or whoever she was talking to for her refund, the woman on the phone, and obviously I was not there, so this is allegedly mm -hmm. <laughs> through her, but she had no reason to lie to me, I would imagine, and she is uh, at this point quite far to the left. The la I haven't seen or talked to her in 11, 12 years, mm -hmm. but... Uh, she she admitted that she was talking to somebody on the phone for her refund, and the person she was talking to gave her the advice that she would get a lot more money back if she had another kid. Mm. 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 <laughs> it's, mm. Yeah. I mean, in the... <laughs> oh, bro. When will we... Uh, mm, mm, mm. Oh, well. Yeah. I don't know. Uh... I'm, I think I'm out of questions unless you have, uh, do you have anything you want to yeah. tell the world? I want to tell the world that I appreciate having the opportunity, my good brother, Daniel, to, to just hang out with you and, you know, and converse and commiserate and all that good stuff. And, and uh, it, it really does mean a lot to me. I also want to say to the audience, stop thinking you are alone. You are not alone there are a lot of us out there you don't expect the media to tell you that all right but there are lots of us out there the true patriotism means people who truly you know love and respect our country even with its faults all right uh and there are a lot of patriots out there uh and and you're not i i just want to emphasize that i i always try to emphasize that because they want us to think we're alone. They want us to think we're alienated. But we are the ones in the majority, not them. Not them. So thank you. Thank you, Daniel. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And hope we can do it again sometimes. You are, uh, you have a standing invitation to <laughs> talk anytime. This was awesome. I would like to thank you for helping out uh, in this a newly created venture of mine here <laughs> at logicalandright.com uh well as usual i will sign off uh keep it logical keep it right right county rock and roll <laughs>